So today we're going to continue, we're going to talk about part two of Overcoming Goliath. I'm going to talk about one of the seven deadly sins. We're going to talk about sin number four, and that sin is entitled envy. Somebody say, say envy. 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 I love that. Now, one thing we have to learn very quickly is that the victory that we experience in overcoming Goliath is going to be very, very different from the battles that we face post-Goliath that are in our private place. After David overcame Goliath, the Bible tells us that women were singing praises concerning David in the streets. They wrote songs for David. Everybody adored him and celebrated him. David was now a regarded man in Israel because he overcame Goliath. Each and every individual in this room will receive some form of accolade, celebration. How many of us are probably going to say to Junior after the service, oh, well, she was amazing, bro. Oh, you done so well. Because when you do something well and you do it on the big stage, the likelihood is, is that you'll be regarded for it. And so David was regarded for his triumphant defeat over Goliath. But even in the midst of David being in a position where he was celebrated, there was also an individual who envied him. An individual who wanted the accolade, who wanted the, the, the celebration, the, the love, the songs. Just like David got. Who was that man? That man was Saul. And so Saul envied David. I remember last year I spent the entire year on this pulpit, altar, however you want to describe it. Preaching, preaching, preaching fire on the mountain. At least I thought it was. And then I gave Daniel three or maybe four weeks in October. And all I ever heard after service was, oh my God, Daniel's preaching was so amazing. Oh my God. Me too. I think Daniel should really start taking the word, you know. He needs to be doing it more. Daniel's just fire. I said, eh, wow, okay. This person has never given feedback regarding preaching today. They want to give week free. Oh. God just moved today when Daniel was preaching. I said, hey, Jesus. It's a good thing I don't want to be preaching anyway. If not, everyone I've just creeped in my heart. I'll be looking at Daniel saying, you're not preaching again for the rest of the year. Envy creeped into the heart of Saul because he wanted to be in the position that David was in. Each and every one of you, it is established. Goliath in your life will be defeated this year in Jesus' name. And so for that reason, prepare. Because the most difficult battle is not usually Goliath. It comes in the one that is post-Goliath. Remember we spoke about the lion and the bear. The lion and the bear prepared you for Goliath. And Goliath tends to be the easiest battle because you've trained, you've prepared, you've gone gym for Goliath. But then the battle that comes post-Goliath is very, very unique. It's, it's shaped differently. It comes from a different angle. The position of Saul is one in which he's the one that empowers David, whilst at the same time he's taking power away from David because he's envious of him. So I want us to define envy very quickly. Envy is a feeling of being discontent or resentful 
a longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Raise your hand, and I want to. I hope I've got some honest Christians in this house. Raise your hand if you believe you've ever had a bit of envy in your heart. Amen. Some of us, let's be honest, we've had envy. Sometimes envy creeps up at a young age. Some of us. <laughs> some of us have been in a position where we're working our retail job. We started with our friend or our peer or our age mate. Suddenly they get a promotion. And we start looking at our age mate, our peer. We've walked into work. Or you've walked into work and then your, your age mate, your friend, someone that you were just in with at lunchtime then says to you, you say to them, oh, excuse me, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Who's late? Yeah, you're late. You're supposed to be in at 9. It's 9.05. Hey! Suddenly, it's who died and made you kick. And then we see them maneuvering around the office or around the workplace, and they got a spring on their step. They're earning a bit more money than you. They're getting treated differently. They're getting invited to all the work dues, the manager meetings. All the different bits and bobs, and you're left out, and then you start to envy them. And then suddenly you start to distance yourself from them, and suddenly they become an enemy. Sometimes it's even in a walk with God as Christians where you come to God as friends. I always share this story. My sister, I remember one time we were in service, this would have been in King's Court Chapel. My sister just boom received the Holy Ghost. Boom. She was rolling on the floor doing a crink and crank. I was just looking at that. Well, I've been praying better. You know, you wouldn't do nothing to me. <laughs> and I was just looking at rolling, rolling. I was like, bro, this. Nah, man. And slowly but silently, envy creeped into my heart. I remember one of my favorite films growing up. Who here has watched The Lion King? Lion King 1. At the very beginning, Simba has his inauguration. And I remember there's the bit whereby, listen, I'm a Lion King freak, so please bear with me. There's this bit where Scar, at the beginning, he's about to eat a rat. And when he's about to eat this rat, Zazu come and pops over, and Zazu starts. Zazu's the bird. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Amen, So Zazu now flies and he comes in, and Zazu's now interrogating Scar as to why he hasn't attended the ceremony and Mufasa finally comes and there's this bit where Scar says because he asked him why didn't you attend when Simba is next to be king and Zazu says to him you should have been first in line to greet Simba and Scar replies and says well I was first in line until that little hairball was born and then Mufasa goes that hairball is my son and your future king. And as God says, oh, I shall practice my courtesy. Envy. Scar envied the position that Simba was going to be in so much that it led him to the point where he did what to Mufasa? Killed him. When you begin to understand what envy does, you begin to see how it even seeps into so many different areas of our life. The Bible says that the love of money tends to be the root of all evil. Usually it's 
because money can enable you to get possessions, the car, the house, the jewelry, and suddenly you begin to envy somebody. When we were growing up, there was two guys. There was one that I would call my cousin because you know those cousins that are not cousins, but you call cousin. And then the other one was my, my close friend. My mom knows both of these personal, but I won't speak and say their names. These two personnel were like the two alphas in our crew. One had a girl, the other wanted the girl. These two lions and their beef almost destroyed the collection of 10, 15, 20 of us, all because one man was envious over another man's woman. Envy is a deadly sin and it's destructive. I want to unpack this and I want to open up. So I want you to open our Bibles to 1 Samuel 18, 7 to 16. 18, sorry, I hope I did say that. It says, so the women sang and they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from the day forward and it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made his captain over, made him captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Amen. Saul wanted to kill David. The same David that stood in the gap for Israel and stood and overcame Goliath was the same person that Saul pursued two murder attempts on the life of David. But for the grace of God, but for the spirit of God, David would be dead. What does that tell each and every one of us? The moment you overcome Goliath, you need God more. The moment you are faced with Goliath and you conquer, which you will, that is not the time to depart from God. That is not the time for you to step away. We as believers, we like to get comfortable. Let's be honest. We don't like our water too hot. We don't like our water too cold. When we're in the shower, maybe lukewarm. Some of you like premium heat, a little bit notched up. But we, we, we like to sit in the middle. When it comes to you picking a side, you cannot, after making certain steps, be in the middle. And so there are two attempts on David's life. There are two attempts on David's life. And that shows us that the consequences of defeating Goliath means that envy is going to creep into your door. It means that more people 
are going to be your enemy this year. Raise your hand if you feel like you've got enemies. Amen. One, two, three. Some of you that have not raised your hands, it's as if you're not fighting the good fight of faith because you can't be everybody's friend. You can't. Because they hate Jesus, so they have to hate you. If they don't hate you, uh, it's as if it's giving glucose. Friends, people that you know, people that you've engaged with on a day-to-day basis, suddenly, oh, you've changed. Oh, you mean different now. I wasn't just like going to church, like, I can't even chill with you no more. Everything's about God, 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 T.I., 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 T.I. I ain't missing where T.I. Is T.I. the only place on earth? Shanda amen. People that you thought were real will turn fake. People that you once trusted can't be trusted anymore. Why? Because they're envious. Envy is a work of the flesh. It is the nature of man to be sinful. One of those sins is envy, and it's something that even we as believers have to consciously rebuke, consciously cast out. The question will always be, who does she or who does he think he is? Why does he get celebrated and I don't. Why is this person adored and I'm not? Raise your hand if you've been in a position where you've looked at someone and you're like, I wish that was me. And it's not from the tidiest place. Even we as Christians can find ourselves in a position where we start to have ill or untoward feelings about somebody else's celebration and somebody else's accolade. Very, very easily we can find ourselves in that position, but I want to speak about both sides of the coin tonight. As much and as easy as you can be on the stage and be David, where everybody looks to you and everybody regards you, is the same way you can easily be amongst the multitude, amongst the congregation, and be sore. When it is not enough and we do not have satisfaction and fulfillment in what God has already apportioned us, it drags us into the space whereby nothing is enough. And when you're in that environment, it's a very, very dangerous place. The Bible says that Lucifer was the anointed cherub, the only anointed cherub that is spoken of in scripture. He was highly ranked. One third of the angels in heaven were apportioned to Lucifer for him to manage, for him to be responsible for. But it wasn't enough. The Bible says in Isaiah 14 from verse 12, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakens the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Lucifer had 
the full package in heaven. Was it position? He had it. Salary? He had it. The Bible speaks and says that the makeup of his being had instruments inside of it. Lucifer was the one who sang the sunrise every morning. Lucifer was regarded in heaven. But he said, I will ascend and rise like the most high. He envied God. And very quickly, you know, you know, some of us have the luxury of attempting to do what is in our hearts. That crooked evil in our hearts. Some of us have the luxury to attempt. Lucifer alone just desired it. And that desire alone had him cast out of the presence of God. Envy is a dangerous thing. Envy is a destroyer. And it's important as Christians and as believers, we do not envy one another. We do not put ourselves in a position where we have untoward hatred for one another because somebody has something that we don't have. Some of us are so engaged on materialistic things. If this one has nail curling and pointing, you too, you want nail curling and pointing. Somebody has Mercedes, you want Range Rover. Someone has two bedroom house. I remember that time we were in the taxi with grandma and the Uber driver was like, oh my God, my grandma is hilarious. Imagine we're in the grandma. I mean, in the grandma. We were in the grandma. If you are Oh, Portugal. Amen. Um, anyway. Glory. Glory. Myself, my sister, my grandma were in the taxi. The taxi is taking us to church. And my grandma was interrogating the taxi driver. No more conversation. And he was talking about um, when he's from back home, he's even from like Bangladeshi or India. And the guy was like, oh, I've got a house back home. My grandma said, oh, I have houses back home. <laughs> then I said, oh, I've got a car. My mom said, oh, I've got, my grandma said, I've got cars. I've got many cars. I've got grandchildren. I have many grandchildren. I said, grandma, what's the matter? <laughs> Who is this man that you want to outdo him? Nobody can be better than that, our grandmama. <laughs> and some of us have that mentality that no one can be better than us. We're not ready to celebrate our brother and our sister when they're doing well. Some of us believe that we're gatekeepers. I remember when I was growing up, my siblings wanted to, wanted to, particularly this one, she wanted to be the gatekeeper of my height. So when I started growing taller than her, so you think you can grow taller than me? She said, it's not possible. Where are you going to? But we are supposed to celebrate one another in love. Junior. A day is coming where Eliora will shut it down. Jemima. A day is coming where people say, I, I want Rosina to leave today, Jemima. It's a sin. I don't, you know. We have organizations in this ministry where Nessie will be booking Rosina and, and say, you know, so she's there. That is not the time in your heart you say, hmm, I'm going to remove Rosina's truth from <laughs> That's the time when we celebrate one another. 
Bible says that two brothers brought an offering unto the Lord. One offering was accepted and the other was rejected. The Bible says that Cain, if you do good, if you do good, then you'll be accepted. If you bring the best, then you'll be accepted. But if not, and you allow yourself to go down this road, evil waits at your door. Some of us want to give half the effort, but get the full reward. Some of us want to put in half the work, but get the full salary. It does not work like that. Everybody will see the manifestation of the fruit of their labor. That's the reality. We cannot now be envious of one another because somebody has received more, been blessed more. Come to one of the African churches. When there's a the couple, one's pregnant, one's not pregnant. Common in our community, in our traditions. That's when all manner of umbilical cord, branches, leaves, and all manner of things are now summoned. And we cope along with the village and we say, as I see, we're in need of a baby. Because of envy. Because of envy. Cain saw his brother and at first attempt killed him. The Lord said, Cain, what is this thing that you have done? Your brother's blood is calling me from the ground. And for this reason, Cain, the earth has cursed you. Yeah. I want us to understand today that for every action, there will be a reaction. For every thought, every ill feeling that you have towards someone. This is why forgiveness is so important. And this is why in the year of 2023, unforgiveness cannot be an option. Because if you allow that to fester within you, you will have a very difficult year, especially when the Lord is not in a position where he can forgive you. It's very, very important. You need to understand that when people are envious of you this year, when people are in a position whereby they're looking down on you, they're in the, sometimes they're even in the position of power, just like Saul was in a position of power over David. Let me tell you something. The Lord who is on your side will cause those who are envious of you to fear you. Why is this important? Because when the Spirit of God is upon you, the same way David was with his men inside the cave, and Saul went inside that same cave to rest. Is the same way when David had the opportunity to kill Saul and spared his life. Is the same way the Lord will give you the opportunity to slay that which that is against you, but you'll spare it. Because vengeance is a mind, says the Lord. And so we don't dishonor God, even though people may fight, fire arrows and darts. The Bible makes it clear. Weapons, there's one, what's that scripture? Weapons, it was on our house in Campbell. Weapons fashioned against you. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Amen. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Meaning that they will be able to fashion weapons. 
meaning that they will also be able to attempt the arrow olive dodge Wonderful. <laughs> they will attempt, they will be able to fire arrows, but it shall not fulfill that which it desires to do. On the off chance, they may even hit. But the Bible says, You shall live, you will not die, for you must declare the glory of God. Tonight, I want us to prepare. This is probably one of the last preachings that I'll preach in a long time because the Lord wants to teach and educate us in this house concerning his word so that we can navigate this year whereby we are connected with the frequency of heaven and we know exactly where to go and how to maneuver. This year I want you to know you'll be envied. This year I want you to know people will look at you and they will say that what happened in your life that you accelerated from here to here in the space of six months. The Bible says that you will be a borrower, not a lender. You will borrow to people. You will borrow the, the abundance that God has poured into your house will be so much that you will say, oh, you take, you take. You'll be a blessing. You will overcome and you open doors and you provide the way that everybody has been searching for, been looking for. And you will be celebrated. You will be recognized. You will be valued. You will be appreciated. And in the process of all of that, you will be hated. You will be hated. But they hated him first. They hated Christ first, so don't be surprised when they hate you, when they reject you, when they dismiss you, when they don't embrace your values, when they don't embrace the word of the living God. Trust and know that you're doing God's work. As a house and as a family, love should be prevailing over envy, pushing one another to success, Driving one another to goals, ambition, purpose is essential in this house. Each and every one of us should encourage and be the stepping stone, the driving force that is pushing another person to their goal, to their purpose, to where God has called them to be. You know, there's something that the Muslims have, and I'll, I'll say this as I close. They have community. And they're very, very family orientated. Everybody, brother, 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 boom. They're so in. They have community and there is a oneness amongst them. I sent Daniel a video this morning and the video entailed why one person was driving a Ferrari. And they asked the guy, how do you afford a Ferrari when you've got this 50,000 pound a year job? And he said that, Myself and my brothers, we live in the same home, and we all have our wives, and all of us have our own different professions. One's an engineer, one's a doctor, one's a dentist, one's a lawyer, so on and so forth. And they pool all of their money together. And so they buy houses across the street, they've got a Rolls Royce, they've got a Range Rover, they've got a Ferrari, they share the cars, everything. And so suddenly a house that is probably max 90,000 a year, 
amongst the 12 of them, 12 times nine. First person gets a, gets a fiver. Ooh, subway. 108, that doesn't sound right though. 12 times nine is right. One point, how much is that in million? 12 times 90, thousand. Is that one million and eight? A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> 90 pounds a time, so I'll be doing that. Are you doing it or are you muddling? It's 1 million and 800,000. I know nobody's making this kind of money because nobody was able to figure it out. Everybody was here struggling like mm, 12, 24, 26, 28. Ah, fast thought. Your question is too hard. One million and eighty thousand. Gareth, you're technically right. Twelve times ninety is a hundred eight. That household makes over one million gross because they come together and they're not envious of one another. They love one another because they have a common vision and a common goal and a common mind. In this house, there must be a common goal and a common mind. The Tower of Babel was built because God could see that when people are in agreement and they pursue something, they can achieve anything. When we are in agreement in this house and there's no envy, there's no strife, there's no jealousy, there's no hatred, there is nothing that can't be done. The Bible says one will chase how many? A thousand. Well, I don't know and two will chase how many? Ten thousand. Greater feats can be accomplished when two, three, four, five come together and say they want to build. And they don't look at one another and say, oh, I'm not working with you because of your height. Oh, I'm not working with you because you're light skin. Mm, I'm not wondering because you're dancing, I have to cover all before I get hatred from the congregation. There is no division. Envy brings about division. The Lord said that this house should not be divided. Lest if you are divided, you will not stand. There is a power that comes in oneness and a power that comes in agreement. So my prayer today is that we agree as one house. That we step forward as one house. That we look at each other's goals and visions in the year of 2023. And we are the friend that pushes one another closer and closer to where we are called to be. Rather than pulling one another further and further away. I think was it was a roof that was sharing me one time about her exams and I'm closing on this amen was it Ruth? it must have been Ruth she was telling me how her friend was it Ruth? she said her friend and her they were doing waywardness together have you? one was preparing for exam quietly in her corner which was Ruth the other one wasn't preparing thinking that her and Ruth are going to meet that exam with the same brain. Whereas one brain had revised, the other brain was Ruth's friend's brain. Isn't it, Ruth? 
The two of them sat that exam. One individual passed, that being Ruth, glory to God. Amen. And one person failed, which was Ruth's friend. When the two came together, the friend thought she was going to find comfort in that Ruth had failed with her. Lo and behold, the Lord who was on Ruth's side had Ruth passing with flying colors. And the friend was disappointed. Was she not disappointed? She was disappointed at Ruth's success, that Ruth was going to move forward in life. While she was going to be stagnant, crabs in a bucket. When people are low, what do they say? What do they say? They say this phrase, they say that. Hurt people, hurt people. When people are upset, they want everybody in misery likes company. That's the one I want. Misery likes company. So as we rise up onto our feet, say to somebody, don't be miserable. Well, I can't be your friend. Don't be miserable. Don't be miserable. Don't be miserable. 